Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. So on November the 9th, we felt a devastating blow with the election of Donald Trump and the fallout over that has been felt across the world. Similarly to post-Brexit, there is a collective grief at the moment regarding the big T, what is being called post-Trump stress disorder. (laughs) So whilst we want to hold space for the shock and grief and the fear swelling in response to this election outcome, we at Doing It Ourselves also want to try and create a more positive outlook. So today we're going to chat about some possible ways we can move forward together to fight this uprising of separatism, racism and classist fear-mongering that is swelling in the world. This swell is seen globally with things like Brexit and Trump, where classes and races are pitted against one another instead of acknowledging the systems of oppression. And it can be seen locally, such as with the fight for Bendigo Street, where squatters and activists have been fighting with the Homeless Persons Union against governments for their right to housing, their right to live off the streets by reclaiming unused houses in gentrified suburbs. And like the rise of Trump, criticisms of those squatting Bendigo Street is about positioning people as other, Dehumanising and separating homeless so that alienating them from the basic rights such as housing seems digestible to the everyday person. And when we dehumanise someone or people in general or blame them for their issues rather than acknowledging the systems of oppression or luck at play, that allows us to feel less guilty. It creates an us-versus-them climate where we're just glad it's not us and we'll work and we'll vote to avoid being them at any cost. And it's this separatism that makes it easy for the Trumps and the Abbots and the Bushes of the world to get elected, and for us on the left to sit and lament where we went wrong in trying to create a better alternative. So next up, I'll be chatting with Mark Allen about alternative activist efforts, which might help cut through that us versus them mentality. Mark Allen is a locally engaged activist who has developed a process that he calls holistic activism. And we'll be talking about that later in the show and getting his thoughts on how that sort of practice might help create a new way forward. Getting back into the issues today. So first Brexit, then Trump. We're shocked shocked to think that such a racism exists, that it appeals to so many people, that appeals to fear could work at all in this day and age. But it's understandable human psychology. Give them something else to hate and they won't hate us. Promise to lift the poor from oppression whilst not shaking the boat for the elites. What we're experiencing there is the divide and conquer trick, a powerful technique of the elite. It's distraction from class with racism to get us to turn on each other, and then we won't focus on the 1%. It's brilliant and it's devastating. And the most productive discussion that I've seen in response to this whole thing has been how do we on the left look more critically at our movement and perhaps more productive modes of activism going forward? Maybe ask ourselves some difficult question. Maybe ask ourselves some difficult questions. Are we actually aligned? How can we be better allies? How can we not fall prey to just blaming the racists and calling out the other to perhaps create a more inclusive step forward toward whole system change? Because the reality is, it's the whole system that's screwing all of us over. And the Trumps of the world win because they point the finger of blame and promise salvation. In Trump's opening speech, he said, the forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. This rhetoric, this is his appeal, a promise to the everyday person, those who'd felt forgotten or hard done by, those screwed over by the very systems of oppression that people like Trump and Hillary claim will save them. 
Well, here at Doing It Ourselves, we believe that we need to change the whole system, not just reform the current one and try and milk it for what good we can get. Because while some people are oppressed, all are not free. So really then, what do we need to do? Build alternatives, create connections and alliances, not just in the left and social justice movements, but between all, beyond barriers like gender, class, race, ability, and all of our subjective contexts, so that we can work together to create a better way. So next up, we're going to be having a chat with Mark Allen about the current state of things and his practice of holistic activism. Mark is a Melbourne-based activist who is passionate about creating a more equitable and sustainable world. He runs workshops on holistic activism, as well as suburbia and climate change and the tricky topic of town planning and population. So hi, Mark. G'day, how's it going? Yeah, good. How are you doing? Lovely to have you in the studio. It's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me along, Suze. It's our pleasure. So, Mark, I know that these are topics that you're very passionate about, and we'd love to hear a bit about what you've got to say on Trump and the state of the world at the moment, our collective grief, and maybe a bit about our need to move beyond the us versus them mentality. Um, Yes, yes. These are very challenging times we're in, and I think the Trump phenomenon... It's been it's been working up to this. This is you know this isn't just something that's just happened. No. This is this is the culmination of of a whole process of events mm. that's 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 been in play. And and Brexit was obviously one uh, one indication of what was happening. Mm. Um, it's a barometer of things. To it's come, it's really. a barometer. That's that's exactly right. Mm. So it's 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 interesting to see to see it all come to fruition and and what the the key is is what do we do now um you could you could say that it, by everything coming to a, a head it it shows everyone exactly what we're dealing with yeah we can't hide behind you know clintonesque sound bites anymore <laughs> we can't and to be fair, under Hillary, Hillary Clinton was, I don't think Hillary Clinton was ever going to do what was, what was actually needed to be done. No, definitely not. We lost that with Bernie Sanders, really. We lost it with Bernie Sanders. Mm. So what's happened now is it's just raised the stakes a lot higher. But if it, mm. if it pushes people into activism, if it wakes people up and it creates a new sort of, a new sort of movement yeah. inspired by Bernie Sanders then we've got to try and look at, at using, using that to, to, to build on that. Bernie Sanders had stood and Hillary Clinton hadn't, mm. and Bernie Sanders had lost the election to yep. Trump. We'd be in a much worse position <laughs> now. I think the fact that Bernie Sanders didn't lose to Trump mm. means that at least something, uh, something positive could still come out of this, despite the fact that we have every reason to be in a state of, of grief. Yeah, grief yeah. and fear. Yeah. And it's interesting that perspective, that um that idea that perhaps Trump needed to win for us to go down into the crevasse, for us to recognise truly how how screwed the world's direction is and actually fight up against it more um Exactly. It's a it's a perspective. I wouldn't want to pin all my mm. colours to the mast on that perspective. No. <laughs> um, but it it's certainly one one approach we can take in terms of how we find our way out of this grief. Yeah. We've got to find a silver a, lining. Find a find something to build on. Okay, don't quote me on that if he starts World War Three. <laughs> <laughs> Knock on wood, fingers crossed. All of those yeah. superstitious things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, interesting yeah. times. 
It yes, is. It's certainly, as an activist, I certainly feel as though I'm not going to be bored anytime soon. <laughs> There's definitely no doubt of that. I feel as though I'm in the right job. <laughs> <laughs> An unpaid job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not from a financial perspective, I have to say. Not from a financial perspective. But, yeah. So, in regards to, um, to the sort of us versus them mentality mm. um, that Trump's campaign has really thrived on, yes. um, that that really plays into your um, your modality of, of holistic activism and how you're sort of advocating a more overarching perspective of activism for people to come together rather than be so oppositional. Well, that's that's exactly right. Um, you know, I, I've been involved in activism to a greater or lesser degree for a while now. Um, and one thing I've noticed over the years is the how damaging the us versus them attitude is Mm. and how it's been damaging within activist circles as well yeah and how many people have burnt themselves out and achieved not a great amount because of the internal wranglings and the ideological kind of campaigns within activism but then at a internal politics the internal politics Mm. yeah but then at a macro level you see that as being a fundamental problem in the world and I've learned it's not so much a question of, you know, uh, being left-wing is, is, is the way to be and being right-wing is the wrong way to be. It's actually how open-minded and how critical you are in your thinking mm. and how willing you are to change your perspective given yeah. new information. It just so happens that a lot of people on the right side of politics are not willing to do that. But mm. There are also quite a lot of people on the left side of politics who, who, who come from a much more altruistic perspective, which is wonderful. Yep. But because there's that ideological base, it can create that equal and opposite reaction, which means so much of what they're trying to achieve gets, gets lost. So um, tell me about holistic activism, Mark. What's that about? So I decided to, to think, well, we've got to sort of um, deal with the underlying symptoms, just dealing with the... Um, with the underlying causes, should I say, rather than the underlying symptoms, uh, just dealing with the symptoms of the problem alone isn't isn't or isn't going to be enough because mm. I've noticed that you know you fight one campaign to stop you know uh, a rainforest from being destroyed in one corner, but then meanwhile they're they're opening up a a large, massive coal mine just somewhere else, and you're just constantly fighting battle after battle and we're not actually getting beneath the issue and dealing with the societal change that's needed so that people are asking questions about where is all this coming from, you yeah. know? And this is why a lot of activists burn out because the amount of... When I started activism, no one heard of fracking. Mm. No one had heard of... Um, Pre-fracking. Of, of, yeah, it was a pre-fracking <laughs> time, you know. And it was exhausting enough before fracking. And then fracking comes <laughs> along, but we still got to deal with coal mines. And so this, it's, just, it's just non-stop. So, That's the thing. There's so many issues that you can get behind. That, so many issues. Yeah, it and ends up not actually fighting the bigger overarching exactly. system at play. So the key, I think, is to, is to still deal with the symptoms, but mm-hmm. deal with the symptoms in a way that also... So deals with the underlying causes as well. Yep. So, so you're kind of dealing with the cause of the problem as well as the symptoms. That's the idea of holistic activism. It's a great idea. It's still, yeah, well, thanks. <laughs> uh, it's still, no, and there's nothing new. I, there's, nothing, there's nothing new in holistic activism that mm. hasn't been said before. Yeah. 
it's just basically a neat repackaging of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Which we love. We love to put things in boxes and flowcharts exactly. and yeah. Yeah. bring that's, on the graphs. <laughs> that's, that's, that's right, exactly. And in fact, um, it, it came out, it started off because I've, I've um, suffered from anxiety and depression on and off over the years, as many activists have. Indeed. Um, it's a and symptom I, of activism. Uh, oh, it is. Mm. It really is. Yeah. yeah. And and I, uh, I I I learned something uh, known as um, acceptance commitment therapy oh, yeah. or ACT. Act. Yeah. Act. Yes, yeah. that's right. We love our acronyms. Exactly. Um, and that came out of mindfulness, which mm-hmm. which obviously the Buddhists have been teaching mindfulness. I was going to say it sounds yes. very Buddhist. Yes. Yeah. Um, but then the 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 psych the psychology uh, movement decided to pick up on that and suddenly thought, hang on a minute, these Buddhists might be onto something yeah. here, so we'll start teaching mindfulness. Much more productive in modern society in particular and when politically um, angled as well. It's very interesting to see outcomes such as this come from yes. you know, tenets of Buddhism from thousands of, yes. thousands of years old. That's right. Mm. Yeah, it is. It is. No, it's, it's, very, it's very interesting the way the whole um, psychology movement has sort of developed over the last few years. Yeah. Um, so basically what I learned from um, acceptance commitment therapy was, well, Everyone really needs to be looking at this because mm. acceptance commitment therapy can be a starting point for how the world can collectively heal. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, the main thing that um, holistic activism needs to start on is is acceptance of the way the world is, which is a very challenging and difficult thing to get your head around. So I need to, I need to um, really explain what that means yeah please do so actually what i'm going to do because i thought for quite some time about how can i best um explain why acceptance should be the starting point of of a holistic activism approach yeah and i've been trying to word it and i haven't done a very good job and then i'm doubtful of that (laughs) well i'm not uh, um so michael bayless who is a member of doing it ourselves yeah and another doing it ourselves um very much an activist himself mm. he he phrased it so well um at the at a recent festival at the red and blue festival i t- i took him aside and i said look can you put that in writing for me <laughs> <laughs> i need that lockdown for my next sound yeah, I, need, I need that lockdown because um i always stuff up the whole acceptance thing <laughs> i mean telling activists that they need to accept the word the way the world is 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 it's- is, yeah, it's, it's difficult. It's antithetical to it, why people are involved in activism in sounds, the first place. It sounds antithetical, but mm. actually it's, it's not. But I'll explain. Mm. So I'm going to quote him here. Yep. Okay, so this is what he wrote. He wrote this for me last night about 11 o'clock at night. I said, you've <laughs> got you to get this down for me, Michael. So this is what he's written. He's written, um, in practices such as acceptance commitment therapy, the term acceptance is often used as a way of coping with the present circumstances. However... Acceptance should not be seen as being the same as condoning or being content or passive with the way the world yeah. is. So this is an important point. So acceptance doesn't mean to say that we, we, we're going to tolerate the way the world is or that we should not try and change it. Yep. So that's, it creates that difference straight away. He goes on to say, instead, it means understanding and coming to terms with the inevitability of past events that have led to the present moment <laughs> in the knowledge that the future is never set in stone and that change is always possible. So it's basically saying the world has unfolded to the point where we're at now now we might not like it Mm. but it's happened 
It's happened for lots of different reasons. And this is our starting point. So being caught up in, in anger. And let me keep reading because it'll probably he'll probably be in this quote. For example, like it or not, the world we live in today is a is a result of infinite series of events and interactions that have happened in the past of this moment. Virtually all past events were beyond our control, and in any rate, those events have happened and reality is now as it presents itself. For most of us who are activists, the current reality is at odds with the reality we would like to be living in. But to look on the past and say, this shouldn't have happened, and then get angry about it, is ultimately a wasted emotion, because as angry and frustrated as we get to any event that has led to this moment, ultimately we cannot go back and change it. But what we can do as agents for change is make actions from here in the present moment towards a future that we perceive, given our current experiences, to be preferable. Isn't that great? That's beautiful. It's good, isn't I it? I love it. Yeah. yeah. That's it, going in the zine. Yeah, oh, yeah of course <laughs> it is. It's when, we, when we write the zine. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah. Mark and I are going to be writing a zine on holistic activism and behavior change just to fill in the gaps there. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Yes. Um, One of the things that struck me actually just as you were reading that out is sort of um, there's a determinism almost in accepting that everything up until now was created by past events and that almost belies this idea that we can change something and then we end on this notion of free will it's like that we can change the future we may not be able to change the past we have to accept what has happened but we can change the future I'm wondering about like there's a tension there I feel where um, how do we have hope that we can actually affect change if we have to just accept the fact that we haven't been able to change things up until now Yeah, that's a very good question. And I think the reason is because there's a behavior change aspect to um, holistic activism or using holistic activism as as one of the techniques to um, creating change. So it's, it's because we're going to be doing things differently. We're coming from a place of trying to find our common inter interconnectedness, as opposed to getting caught up on areas of division. Um, And of course, it's it's this kind of old old style behavior that led to the election of of Trump. You know, there are many white working class people who voted for Trump when really it wasn't in their best interest to do so, but because they felt alienated by the politics of division, this is what happened. Mm. So the behavior change aspect is 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 vital. But by 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 taking this new approach, we can create the optimism that the future doesn't have to be the same as the past. Yep. And um, I think that's that's how I see um, the way forward because it, 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 it's more than just about acceptance. I mean, there are many components to, to holistic activism. Yep. Acceptance is just the first one oh, and, yes. then, and then it goes on. <laughs> and I'm sorry for stumping you there with that no, question. We should totally continue no. on because I know that no, holistic no. activism on a whole and of course, answers this And, stuff. of course, the behavior change that you talk about is also critical as well. Mm. I mean, that, they're so closely related and so, you know, um, necessary together. Yeah, mm. they are. And people feeling empowered in their ability to create behavior change in themselves and in, and in the world at large, the culture change that we need to really to shift society. Um, holistic activism and behavior change really flow nicely together in that regard. They do, mm. which is why they share a Facebook page. <laughs> and so those who are interested, um, I'll get it in early. Yeah, nice. Um, holistic activism and behavior change on Facebook feel free to join the movement, mm. the, the very new movement. <laughs> Be part of the discussion. Yes. Um, so going back to holistic activism, 
the sort of component parts. So we've talked about acceptance commitment therapy as the first, mm. really the first important step um, so that we're not divided. Yes. Yes. So basically it's, it's about losing that, that anger. Um, the, mm. the, the, so by, by accepting the world in the same way that acceptance commitment therapy is, is, is great from a psychology perspective because it means people, people just uh, let go of, of so much, um, anger basically mm. i think that's that's the best way of yeah. looking at it and frustration and regret yeah. and recriminations um all of that you kind of let let go of and you say okay well this this is the way it is but now we can clear our mind we we, we accept it we don't necessarily have to say that we like it but mm. we accept it but let's let's find our interconnectedness and let's yeah. find the things that 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 connectors so it's basically drawing a line under stuff mm -hmm. and and accepting the bigger picture and so, a need yes. to work together in that as opposed to the sort of us versus them you know exactly which, so which not leads getting... us into that yeah. yeah 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 not just getting angry at the racists who voted for trump but accepting the fact that trump appealed to people for a reason and that's exactly right thank mm. you that's a really good example yeah. yes we getting angry at the race at, at the people who voted for trump because not everyone who voted for trump was a racist no totally um it's very they, generalizing no but that mm. but that, it's very easy very easy easy to do totally um but exactly so we we accept the fact that so many people voted for trump mm -hmm. right okay Now we we start from that point yeah. and say that's the way it was. How do we now connect with these people yep. to make sure they never do anything so silly again? <laughs> <laughs> and how do we find a way to move forward in that post-Trump era? How do we how do we find a way to move forward in that mm. post-Trump era? Yeah, if Bernie Sanders had won the election, <laughs> it would have made my life so much. It's easier. all the what ifs of Bernie I Sanders know, that kill me a little bit. Like I if know. only, if, if only. only. I know. We 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 mustn't. Yeah, we mustn't idolize one person too much no. as well. We, we can never rely on one person to save us. It's it's a big, it's a big big picture thing isn't it it is it really is and i think that's probably why you know when we talk about breaking down the barriers between you know people who voted for trump versus the clinton supporters or um you know various cases of othering othering that we see here in australian society um you know there's a real need to to harmonize mm. and to bring people back to the local to the local but also you know what's the point of it you don't want to Um, you don't want to suffer, mm, you know? Exactly. That's, that's how Trump appeals. That's exactly. how majority of the extremists appeal. That's right. Is fear-mongering yeah. and, um, and breaking that down and going, okay, well, why are you scared? Yes. What are you scared of? In this individualized society, you're scared of being hungry, being yes. homeless, yes. being without purpose, all of these human needs yes. that we innately have, um, quite Maslowian needs. Um, and Trump and the likes of the Trumps of the world, you know, operate on those premises. That's right. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Exactly. And it's it's good that we can recognize that, recognize that yeah. and 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 use that as our starting point as well. Yeah. You know, and one of the, the the key aspects of holistic activism and again, this is all stuff that's been said before by the way, so this is nothing nothing new. It's just a nice repackaging. <laughs> But it is about finding areas of common ground yeah. even with people where you have very strong ideological differences. Yep. It's about, and you talk about it, I don't want to steal your thunder, but I know you talk about ways in, yeah. in your behavior change stuff. Yeah, um, and the need for multiple buy-ins. the need for multiple buy-ins. Yeah. So it's finding ways in with people yeah. um, in a way that um, means that you can 
you can connect on certain areas and yep. you can get a lot done and still have your differences. But here's the mm. interesting thing. Mm. Once you find a way of connecting with someone, you're in a much better position to discuss areas where you might not connect. Totally. Because all of a sudden you've broken down that barrier and you can connect with the person. Exactly. Yeah. Lock the gate is a great example of how that works. You know, the people connecting Absolutely. over the fracking movement yes. who might otherwise be quite separated by their position or context or geography. Exactly. Um, you've had anarchists and farmers yeah. all working together and that's how fracking got banned in Victoria. Mm -hmm. It's because people of all different perspectives and backgrounds found a common area and they worked together and they achieved a very effective outcome. Yep. They didn't get weighed down in cognitive dissonance. Totally. And we'll come back to cognitive oh, dissonance yes, in a yes. second. So. <laughs> um, and I think that sort of ties in a lot with um, with some of my thoughts around behaviour change is that, you know, we get often very caught up in if only we could educate people, if only we could explain to them how they're wrong and show them the data and get people to change their attitudes in that way, when in actuality the best way to change people's behaviour is to focus on a common ground, as you said, and just do little actions to work towards that. So saving someone's home from, you know, a gas company coming in and fracking their land. Mm. That's the common ground. That's the behavior change. And then through that, there's an attitude change of like, well, hang on a second. Fracking's bad and I stopped the fracking happen. Maybe I should be looking at larger mm. climate issues or, or broader environmental campaigns. And that's often the trickle effect that we see um, yes. in that sort of broader change. And this is, this is trickling down that works, folks, unlike mm. the trickle down effect of capitalism that doesn't. <laughs> Just, just wanted to put that in there. <laughs> but um, that almost brings me back to the cognitive dissonance yes. and how we expect that that's what's going to happen. Yes. We're, we're yes. clashing with these obvious evidence that it is not yes. happening. That's right. Um, exactly. Exactly. I'm definitely not getting any trickle down. <laughs> no, no, no. It's uh, it's definitely not trickling down. <laughs> but yeah, I, that's right. It it does, and it it sets out that sort of um, ripple effect as well. Does doesn't yeah. it? And um, and I think that's that's that is the big the big problem is that people get into these ideological spats, so to speak, and um, we can avoid that by really focusing on our interconnectedness mm. and seeing every human being as being part of the whole, part of the earth, yeah. and and. We don't know. When you interact with someone, you don't know what life they've had. You don't know what they've been through. Yeah. You, 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 you have to have compassion. Um, and if you come from a point of compassion mm. and you don't feel that your own ego is being challenged by that person, there's a term, I'm going to use a swear word uh, now, but there's a term called unfuckwithable. Mm -hmm. Someone who is unfuckwithable <laughs> is someone who basically doesn't have an ego problem they're not challenged if someone with with a if someone tries to challenge their ego they still feel safe and secure and if you're in if you get into that state then you can really really have a really positive impact and and get really good outcomes with other people it's interesting i love the term uh it's very resilience based <laughs> yes it is it is um mm, now to go back to cognitive dissonance really i'm wondering if you can give us a bit of a a definition of that yes how it yes i'm trying to i should have actually written that because i can define it but there's always a better written definition of course than the way i do it um but basically cognitive dissonance give or take a few words here mm -hmm. or there is when you have a situation 
whereby someone has an ideological perspective. And that ideological perspective is so strong that part of their sense of self is invested in it. Mm-hmm. So if someone comes along and either wittingly or unwittingly challenges that ideological perspective with new information, even if that new information makes sense and and l- makes logical sense, the person who um, is is receiving this information because his or her or their ideology is so strong, rather than saying, I'm now going to change my perspective, they see that as a threat to, to their, their worldview mm. and ultimately to their self. So what they do is they actually dig deeper and actually crystallize that that cognitive, dis- that, that perspective yep. more. Des- despite evidence to the contrary. Despite evidence to the contrary, mm. because it becomes all about ideology and, and self. Yep. Um, so basically... If you're if you're talking to someone and 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 you feel that 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 their their ideology is being challenged on a particular point, the best thing to do, uh, possibly, is to step aside and find a different way in mm. to connect with that person. That's great advice, right there. Actually, to tie back in with the holistic activism, you know, perspective that really, you know, it's the common ground that we need to be searching for, not trying to arc people up in their cognitive dissonance yes. and get an ego response. Yes, we want them to. Um, to break down a little bit yes. and maybe that requires as you said sidestepping the ego yeah. yeah yeah and being able to recognize that and say well this this isn't going to work mm. this isn't going to work i'm going to let go now and look i've learned the hard way I, I spent you know many wasted weeks last year in long internet debates that was never going to get anywhere and it was that's it so was, easy to do that. so easy to do mm. i think the reason why i did it was because for the third third people reading it mm-hmm. not so much to try and convince the person i was arguing with but because there's always other people reading it and trying to convince them but nevertheless it was not an effective use of my time mm. um but with everyone there's a way a way to connect and and if you can create some effective change with someone that that's great yeah, and, and that's fantastic. That's a step forward than actually getting them offside completely and and getting nowhere and not achieving anything. You know, I think that's a brilliant point. And maybe we'll summarise a little bit where we've been through this discussion. So we've got acceptance as key, acceptance commitment therapy as yes. key mode of that, and the need to release our anger and finding interconnection with other people, finding common ground, um, giving people the opportunity for multiple ins and changing behaviours to enable a changing attitude. Um, we're also advocating for building alternatives together instead of fighting against each other and realising the need for system change, not getting caught up in divisive mentalities, perhaps being a little bit more Buddhist in our activisms. Brilliant. Yeah? That's a great summary. Mm, thanks. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. That, that really is the essence of, of what holistic activism is, a, is, is about. Hmm. And I think fundamentally it's, it is that, that change of approach. It's understanding that we're not going to save the world with one set of values. Mm. It's going to be a multiple set of values. Mm. Not everyone is going to become vegan in order to save the planet. There are going to be vegans, there are going to be people who, who aren't, and we've got to find ways of connecting with people who aren't mm. and who are and who might be and all of these things. Yep. Um, it's quite permacultural, that. really, isn't it? It, it is, yes, yeah. yeah. So... And that, to me, is 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 another important sort of um, definition of of why holistic activism uh, is 
is so important to me and why I think it's something we should be we should be putting out there. Being comfortable with uncertainty as well mm. is another important thing. We, we, we don't know how it's all going to turn out. What we do know is that the world isn't going to turn out exactly as we want it to no. or exactly as we think it will. What we can hope for is that some of what we want and hope will be in there. Mm. So it's being comfortable in the uncertainty and knowing that we're all part of an ongoing conversation mm. and that the conversation is changing all of the time. And as long as we all adhere to the same agenda, which is to create an ecologically sustainable world, mm. an equitable world where no matter which culture or gender, sexuality you come from, that, that, that you're going to get a really good deal and that if you're a non-human nature, you're going to get a really good deal. And if we're all aiming to achieve that, mm. then we can feel comfortable in the fact that we're part of an ongoing, ever-changing conversation and that that, that uncertainty is, is there. But we have the certainty of knowing that we are still trying to achieve that overwhelming value which is social and ecological resilience and sustainability mm, and that harmony to work towards a, a better way together and that harmony and to mm. rediscover our interconnectedness and mm. the diversity that lies within our interconnectedness because mm. that's really the issue with um with modern society really isn't it that individualization that's been touted for the last you know 30 or 40 yes. years and the growth in, growth in consumerism and um, global culture, the industrial complex, it just it means that people are isolated from one another and so to actually reach out and be connected across, you know, disagreements or different perspectives feels really difficult and that's, that's why it's key and that's really why a culture change sort of needs to come along with yes. this sort of work because yes. we need to debunk the individual and work together more. That's right. We've got quite a lot of unlearning to do. Mm, indeed. Which I think is another reason why acceptance is good. It helps us with the unlearning because we accept what's happened to this point. Mm. Um, but it allows us to, to, to move forward with a fresh perspective. That's great. So, and being comfortable with uncertainty, can I just say? Yes. Like that's a do. very uncomfortable thing for most of us. You know, we want to control. We want to know what's happening. And so just resigning ourselves to the fact that we don't know how things are going to turn out is a really scary thing for most of us, um, you know, both on a personal level and a, you know, social level. So there's kind of that brings me back a little bit to the grief, you know, that we talked about earlier with Trump that perhaps, you know, this is part of why it's been so shocking because people had an expectation, that expectation mm. has not been met and that we need to get more comfortable with the uncertainty around us to be able to be less paralysed in yes. these, you know, fear states that actually, no, of course that happened or of course that could happen. Um, I'm a big fan of the philosopher Seneca who advocates for low expectations and therefore we can build a resilience through all things. Um, if you're not expecting anything, then you won't get disappointed. Yeah, um, yeah nice. Yeah. Nice. Anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in there. Um, so, yeah, holistic activism and really where to from here? Where to from here? So, as I say, we have a Facebook page, Holistic mm -hmm. Activism and Behaviour Change, and hopefully you'll get to talk about some behaviour change stuff at some point on yeah. a future show, maybe. At some point, I would like to yeah. do that very much, yeah. That's, that's, that's great. Yeah. And um, for those who aren't on Facebook or who want to contact me in another way and be put on the mailing list, you can contact me at the Mindful Activist at all one word, the Mindful Activist, all one word, at gmail.com. It's a great email you've got there. <laughs> Thank you. It's a bit long, but it, it, it works. <laughs> I bet it does. So, Mark, 
what would you say to people who might have given up hope and how do we move forward more holistically? Yes, um, there are a lot of people who who have appeared that appear at this stage to have given up hope. And what I would say to them is, well, to quote the Dylan Thomas, the famous <laughs> lines of the Dylan Thomas poem, which is, "Don't go gently into the night, rage against the dying of the light." <laughs> so really, it's about even if you you feel as though there is nothing to be hopeful, it's still better to keep being active. Active. Mm to keep trying to make the world a better place um, because even if you you don't think there's any hope left it's 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 a great way to go out trying <laughs> to make the world a better place it's it's a great outro yeah. you know it is it's beautiful yeah and i mean in that case you'll be joyful in the interim even if everything does go to hell why wouldn't you go down dancing exactly why wouldn't you go down dancing mm. yes and so i say is to get out there and be as productive as you as you can in whichever way you can, whether it's um, through writing, music, campaigning, gardening. Mm. <laughs> I love that you say gardening. That's my little uh, fave there. I suppose for me that's how I find myself being most productive, perhaps sometimes that um, I need to grow food and you know, be on local food security and my own need for building community. It's about building alternatives that make it um, more visible for people to see how they can change the world as well getting involved in that sort of uh, project is is really easy for people um, for me I'm part of the gnomes farming co-op and that is an amazing initiative where centered around this idea of building community by planting productive gardens in unused urban spaces um, so yeah I suppose a little spruik for that is we're having an open day this weekend um, as part of the urban agricultural forum um, we're going to be fundraising and running tours of our Westgarth site tomorrow from 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. So come on down to 42 Walker Street, um, 42 Walker Street in Northcote, and check out our little permacultural paradise. I'll be there with cakes and seedlings and succulents aplenty. I shall look forward to it. Mm. Um, just a few other upcoming events. We've also got next Friday, the 25th of November, there's the Earth Art Auction, an auction run by Friends of the Earth and the ACE Collective to raise money for a nuclear-free future. That starts at 7pm at a Arena Project Space in Melbourne. So go get some great art and support an important cause. Sounds great. Yeah, these are all really important aspects of, of not giving up hope, you know, continuing the fight. So, yeah. I wanted to say thanks, Mark, for coming along today and talking to us about holistic activism. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. It's been juicy stuff. Um, And as you said, Mark said, you can find out more. For anyone wanting to find out any more information about doing it ourselves, the activist group that both Mark and I are a part of, you can check us out on Facebook or on our website, www.doingitourselves.org. Or if you want to email us, our email is info at doingitourselves.org. We meet regularly for co-working days, strategy sessions and social events and we're always excited to have new people come. So please do. And thanks again to everyone for joining us tonight. I'm Suze from Doing It Ourselves. This is Mark. <laughs> have a great night. Yeah, have a great night. You've been listening to The Sewer Show on 3CR. Mafalda is up next with news and views from Latin America and we'll be leaving you this evening with Tough Kids Write Songs by a local activist band, Shock Octopus. Have a great night.
In the evening of the wake As I'm lowered to my grave I will not say all that much But it's enough Though the words I leave behind Won't put everything to right At least just somehow know How you miss when I'm alone Before they're gone 